Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Well, that was an interesting day we had yesterday. We had ourselves a little bit of a rally. And guess what? We've still got more juice this morning. Everything is higher. What's up with that? We'll talk about it. We got Matt Tuttle joining the show, the guy who created the SPAC ETF, the D-SPAC ETF, the Bet Against Kathy Wood ETF, the guy who's creating ETFs for everything and anything. Big show today. Let's go. This is Pre-Market Prep with Joel Conan. Dennis Dick, and Spencer Israel. All right, hope you're all feeling good from the whiplash we had yesterday. Let's bring on Joel Conan here, and let's pull, I'll bring Dennis on. Dennis just stepped away. He'll be back in like a minute, I think. So, Joel, you're here, though. Good morning. Uh, what's up? How's your day going? You guys are going to have to help me out here. Okay. Because we slipped. From the danger zone to the happy zone. I know. I know. That's why I'm happy. What am I going to do now? Uh, oh, you're asking what's after the happy zone? Yeah. Oh, um, the 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 irrational exuberant zone. Boom. Oh, all right. Okay. Okay. Since Spencer, since you're hot, I mean, since anything Spencer says comes to fruition uh, in the markets here, yeah. we're yeah. going to go. We're going to go, uh, let's call this, uh, what's today, the 12-7, 12-07, and uh, we'll go the, SI, the, right? The exuberant zone. Is that where, where we are, Dennis? Mm, Wait, Dennis. Yes. <laughs> we went from the fear to FOMO in 24 hours. How does that happen so quickly? <laughs> like everybody, even myself, you know, somewhat fearful when we're doing the show. I'm not going to lie. And then you could yeah. just feel the turn. We went. Oh, we go from fear to fo- to FOMO in 24 hours. This All is right. the whipsaw market. All right. So let's start with this, Joel. Share your charts, please, <laughs> and then we'll run through the overall markets, and then we'll talk about yeah. Monday. We'll Holy talk about Toledo. Monday. We'll talk about yesterday. But first, what's happening? Over All right. There? Let's go with the charts. Hold on. Hold on. Let me yeah. get this up here. I gotta get it before I share with the world. Uh, just such a bad typer here exuberance zone and i and you everyone doesn't know your middle name is j right so we'll That's go it. sji okay. uh he's calling for 47 40 50 i'm gonna go to my stream yard i'm gonna share my charts and we caught a bid right underneath the close i mean strong close last last after hours print was 95 we got two ticks below the close and then the buy the dippers wasn't much of a dip came in pre-market high 56.75. If I had my true wish today, we would tack on another 10 handles and hit the six and seven day high, which was a double top. I, that's a lot to ask for, but heck, in this market, you can see anything. 
Crude helping the oil companies up a buck seventy six at seventy one twenty five. Even gold is participating up three ninety seventeen eighty three forty. Silver up seventeen cents at twenty three forty four. Bitcoin does not want to be left out of the rally. That's up twenty one hundred and seventy five dollars at fifty one one thirty five. And Ethereum is up about the same on a percentage basis. Ethereum futures are up. $171 at 4377.50. Triple D, how were the fireworks after the close? Well, there was a lot more fireworks at the open yesterday. And I will tell you, okay. there was action. I used the Joel Alconin capitulation textbook methods, which we are going to talk about on this Saturday, to live call the bottom six times on Twitter in 30 minutes, uh, starting at 937 on the arc names and all the growth names. So this was okay. a series of tweets. My first tweet right at the bottom, because they're obviously reversed from Twitter, 9.37 Eastern. That's timestamped. If you go and actually look at my timeline, you can't see it on there, though. Growth tech just getting hammered again. Some names are getting ridiculously oversold at this point. So my thought process was, really? I mean, we were all flat. <laughs> we were just slightly down on some of the growth names. They were getting hit. But then I'm watching, like, NVIDIA fall in 20 bucks in, in like, no time flat. Like, I mean, NVIDIA fell 20 points in five minutes. And then you're watching so many other, you know, names like ARC just getting hammered. Open at 92 ARC. It was 89. Five, five minutes later, I'm like, they are just hammering these things. That's when I tweeted that out. And then I'm looking and I'm already thinking, I'm like, is this going to be capitulation? Are we finally seeing everybody just wash out? Because, Joel, you know, you, you've taught me so much stuff over my 21-year career. A lot of people, if you're just new to the show, Joel, when I started and I was a 22-year-old young kid showing up at the Bright Trading Office in Detroit, Joel was my trading supervisor and my mentor. And I can remember a lot of different things. And you talk about capitulation always, you know, in individual stocks where everybody just washes out and says, that's it. Get me out. I can't take it anymore. And what that usually means is then you get seller exhaustion, where everybody that just couldn't take any more has sold. They want out. You see the boom, and then you start to see the V, the V bottom. They usually V bottom at that. And then, so that's already my thought process. And then, obviously, Spencer's taking the tweets away, so I can't see what my next tweet was. Oh, but about, um, I didn't, I thought I'll put it back. No, I'm just going through because we're trying to teach something. Time like, because, time I, you know, I, I, and here, yes, I'm patting myself yeah. on the back. Jeremy Newsom says that's okay, though. Yeah, but I'll put, it's, I'll put it's it more of a teaching tool. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a teaching tool because people don't, you know, you could go and you can, you know, you know it, it's hard to just call these things. But this one was an obvious one, like pretty obvious. So then the next tweet, which I think was, you know, a few minutes later, I said, if you're selling growth this morning to buy value stocks, I'm watching the value rip. And literally just after the open, we were like this. We went like this in five minutes. They can't stop buying Procter Gamble. They can't stop buying Apple. They can't stop buying anything because they're looking for safety. Wherever we can, we're getting killed. We need safety. <laughs> they're jumping into all the XLP, the utility stocks, everything that they can find for safety. It just went like that. The gap between growth and value went from here to here, like instantly. Like, I mean, some growth stocks were getting hammered to the tune of eight, nine percent on no news in one day after already getting hammered. So so then, you know, then I'm feeling it. I'm like, man, I'm starting to look. And then my friend James Marsh, great trader, um, he tweets out, I'm getting in a Peloton right now. He is a floor trader. He's got feel for stuff like this, too. James, you're listening. Um, I do follow you, obviously, on Twitter. And he says, I'm getting a Peloton right now. 
And I'm like, I think he's right, man. I think he actually, I think we're going to bottom on some of these names. So I bought some Peloton with him <laughs> after he did that. I hate Peloton, but I'm like, you know, this is a short-term trade. It's not long-term investments, people, not long-term. Short-term trades, potentially swing trades, but starting as short-term trades. Everything starts as a short-term trade to a certain extent. Um, and then I tweet out, I'm like, you may have just bought the bottom, and I'm not joking. And then, um, you know, my next tweet is, if I said it did feel like capitulation selling in the growth names. It's been a nice 10-minute rebound. So then I started nibbling through and starting to buy some more growth names. I bought my Unity software, which I talked about buying on the show. Did not buy a firm, and I was going to, but it was like 102 at this point, and it just ticked down to like 96 bucks. So a firm, this is a poster child for what happened yesterday morning. 108 all the way down to like $96, Joel, in literally five minutes. It opened at like 104 and went down to 96 in five minutes. There was no buyers, just sellers. And then and then I'm looking at it's back to 102, and I'm like, well, it's just 96. So then I was like, okay, well, if it can pull back into 100, you know, so I'm like, you know, being a little bit cheap. And I shouldn't have did that. I should have just bought the 102 and went. And then obviously throughout the rest of the day, it ended up going up all the way to 116 this morning. So... And 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 then and then my final tweet was, did Kathy just bottom? Obviously, yes, in the short term she did. We know that now. We can see that. We don't know long term. I'm not saying this is the absolute bottom. This is the time to buy. If you're buying now, it's the exact opposite of yesterday. You're just buying a 10, 15% rip. So now you're doing it backwards again. So you have to be able to identify quickly. This market doesn't give the opportunities for long. Um, you've got to be able to identify those opportunities very, very quickly. But um, you know, am I coming in and buying all those Kathy Woods names to name? No, because we just hit 87 or 97 or 89. She just rallied eight, nine percent in 24 hours. Nice dead cat bounce, probably going to be some resistance up at a hundred. So I've actually sold some of those names already that I was buying yesterday. I, I, I do have the Peloton still, and I do have the unity still. So those are the only two names that I'm left with. Um, and I didn't go crazy, but, um, you know, I was buying some, obviously day trading. I'm always day trading. I make lots of day trades, but I kept on, I sold part of my unity. I kept part of it. I bought unity at 139. That was, um, after the fact, again, not trying to say, oh, it's 139 now it's 136. It bottomed. And then they had, that did the bounce. And then I'm like, I kept saying it's a tradable bottom now. Exactly. Just I was just going to say, you so now I have a out. level. And I you have it out. Quite, yes. And I tweeted twice. I'm stopping out at today's lows. On all these stocks that I'm buying, I'm stopping out at today's lows. Today, like meaning yesterday's low. Those would still be my stop out points for all of those names. So Unity got down to 136. I got it at 139. Don't have to be a hero. You're not going to buy the actual bottom. But it gave you that chance afterwards. Peloton, same thing. I didn't get at the 40, whatever it was. I got down to 40.84. I bought at 42. It's 43 this morning, but I'm stopping myself out now at, say, 40 bucks. Makes new lows. I don't want to be any part of it. So that's the thought process of looking at it from a professional risk-taking standpoint. Boom, boom. Okay, now we've spiked, we've hammered, we've bounced. Now I can use those lows as a risk control measure. That's the whole key. Don't try to catch the falling knife as it's going down. Wait for the oomph, the capitulation bottom, and now... Now, at this point in time, I have my out. And that's what I need. As a trader, you always need an out. And when they're going straight down and making new lows, you don't have an out. Uh, but when you do, obviously, have that big bounce off of those lows, that's your tradable bottom.
Yeah, and it was the same thing like with uh, with the S and P's. You you were up overnight, and I you know I can't go through every stock and give you every ref you know for what every level. But the only thing I was thinking about was you know where are we going to see that close from Friday because that was a weird close on Friday. You know it looked like oh we're going to close on the lows and then. No, we're not. We're going to close 40 handles above that. Then you tack another 30 on in the pre-market, and you're thinking, wow, man, if I could, you know, how many people were like, wow, I shorted that into the close because I thought it was a an over-ridiculous pop. And then overnight, they ram it another 30 handles on me. If I could get this thing unchanged on the day, and this booze, well, the, the close was 37.50. It came down to 39 and a quarter. So I don't know where it was on your individual stocks, but if, if something gets away from, like you want to buy the previous day, it gets away from you, you know, and I, you know, I'm not big for buying gaps up, but see, you know, how close can you get to that closing price? Where do people want to buy that mark that is short or people that are looking to get long? And I think that you saw that's what happened in the S&Ps. As far as what Dennis is talking about, I mean, sometimes there's people like in this ARKK, you know, maybe they originally stacking their orders here at like 108. I'm like, I want to get out of 108. I want to get out of 109. And then they have a day like this. And then the next day, they're like, I'm really going to try and work out of this at 100. And then they miss it. And then you have this big down day. Then finally, they come in and they're like, this is it. I don't care. Just get me out. You know, just, you know, I'm done. I'm done. And then that's how you get those. But it just, you know, the market just has a way of just inflicting the most pain on the most amount of people most of the time. And it it's hard. Those those turns, I mean, it used to be a lot easier when we were in the office because and we were listening to the squawk and it actually yeah. coming from the pit. Yeah. And you could hear it and they'll say, Goldman's bid, Shearson's bid, Bear Stearns' bid. You know, and everyone's bidding. And then all the locals, of course, are jumping the bids and quarter bid, half bid, even bid. And then all of a sudden you'd hear like a roar and then be like, sold, 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 sold. And I'd be like, we, you know, the buyers are done. And then no, Goldman's offered. Bear Stearns is offered. The locals are offered. It's hard to get that through the screen. You know, it's hard to get that. It's It's so much different. (laughs) And it's not as obvious. And in some cases we don't always get it. I mean, I just was very convicted. I don't tweet something six times in 30 minutes if I'm not pretty convicted about it. So obviously some people still, you know, finding ways to say, oh, but you were finishing in the show. Yeah. So, you know, and yes, I'm not going to lie. But one thing, and this is what people don't understand too. A lot of times, just because we say, oh, the stock's down 10%, doesn't mean we're bearish. There's There's a large portion of this show, Spencer, you know this better than anyone, that is simply reporting. Like we're reporting the action. I mean, I, I, if I tweet something, this is down 10%. It doesn't mean I'm bearish the stock. It doesn't mean I'm negative. It, I'm reporting the action. So, you know, we give reporting. And a lot of times in the show, it's simply reporting the action. Probably 80% of the show is reporting what is going on. And then we throw some opinions in there. We throw some stuff in there. Just like yesterday, you know, Spencer, when you were talking about a firm. And I'm going to say, you know, in this case, I was right on a firm yesterday too because I was like, I don't think I would be selling a firm. I said, I actually have this on my shopping list and I would be buying this at, a, at an opportunity. It gave me an opportunity yesterday. I struck on Unity. I said the two stocks, Affirm and Unity, that were on my shopping list yesterday. I got my Unity. I wanted to get the Affirm, but it was too cheap. And I should have just bought the 102. But obviously, you know, I didn't. I thought I could get it back under 100 because we were meandering there for a minute. I was like, maybe we'd leak a little bit and not get it. And it just didn't happen. But um, in, in yesterday's case, I mean, follow me on t- Twitter because we're on the show 
And after nine o'clock, you're not going to hear from me if you're just listening to the show. But if you want, a lot of times I do update market commentary during the day, especially when I feel convicted about something. And um, I'm at Triple D Trader. You can see my little handle sitting right there on the screen. So give me a follow if you want to continue to hear, you know, a commentary after nine o'clock. Because my opinions changed very, very quickly. And was I bullish yesterday on the show? Absolutely not. I was not bullish yesterday. But that capitulation event, when you're seeing stocks fall eight, nine percent in five minutes on no news, that's the sign where we're seeing a washout here right now. We didn't have that information on the show. We didn't know there was going to be yeah, a washout at the open. Exactly. So everything changes. Order flow, tape reading is what we're talking about. That's what we're going to talk about on Saturday for three hours. Uh, you can go to premarketprep.com. Spencer will post the link in there. It's then a- we're going to we're going to get to some individual stocks here, but I just want to throw this out here for you know. So let let's say this was a major bottom in here. These are the kind of things that I look for, whether you're a swing trader. Now you got a reference point. You got the all-time high, right? Now you have a, a major low. Didn't quite fill the gap here. But, hey, you know, can this say, and the way these things move, could this go back up to 136? Could this go back up to 137? Well, it's already at 115 and a half right now. So those are, you know, be short. You have some reference points, right? You have some daily highs to look at. Like right now, I would have loved to buy, well, 115. If you want to buy this on a pullback, there was a double top at 115. So you could get it there. Uh, where was the close? The close is probably lit, uh, 110.95. So if you you know, don't want to buy the gap, feel like you missed the boat, maybe try it at 115. I think you got to give yourself some room. Uh, went through the double top. Next target today. Why couldn't this see 119.99, right? That's your three-day high. But I, uh, I think you're selling into these reps. And Scott, you're making a good point in there too. You know, I was doom and gloom in a lot of these names. Have I changed my opinion to these growth names all being overvalued? Did I put any of these growth names in my long-term portfolio? I put zero. Even though, even though I felt like this is the bottom for growth, the short-term bottom for growth. You know how many growth names I put in my long-term portfolio? Zero. You know why? Because I'm not saying this is it and I want to be long Kathy Wood's names at 25 times sales. I still think we're in a market where we're going to see value start to outperform maybe for the longer foreseeable future. But was there a tradable bottom? So again, you've got a long-term hat and you know I speak with different caps. I'm not sitting here advocating to go out and put long to buy now and go put all these high valuation growth names into your long-term portfolio. I'm not doing that here, folks, because I want to be crystal clear. We are traders and we are investors, and I am both. So as an investor, I'm not getting moving back from my stance that a lot of these Kathy Wood names are still seriously overvalued. I'm staying with that stance. I did not buy any of those names in my long-term portfolio. I did put Unity into my short-term portfolio, which has now become a swing trade because it's just going my way. So, you know, so obviously maybe that's going to continue. But like I said, I only have a couple left. There was lots of day trades that I did all through yesterday, buying and selling, doing all kinds of fun stuff. Unity Peloton, the only two that I've got right now still going. Um, I might be selling those today. We'll see. Uh, Because this was a serious bounce for a lot of those names. I think a firm 120, you're only 116. I think that's going to be resistance. I mean, the bloody thing was 96 bucks yesterday. Just around $24. What do you want? So... You've got to, you know, be looking, you know, I still think I'm looking at more value names. And let's move into maybe the best value name that is potentially out there. And it's the next one on the segment. 
Yeah, we we mentioned this. I don't remember when exactly. And it was earlier in the year. It could have been in the summer. It could have been. Uh, in- it wasn't too long ago, Spencer. I, I, I don't know, but we, we wondered out loud. Hey, remember Mobileye? Remember when Intel bought Mobileye in 2017 for $15 billion? Yeah. How much would that be worth today? Well, yep. now we have somewhat of an answer here because you have a report from the WSJ out overnight. Uh, and generally when they report these things, they're they're pretty rock solid. So even though the company hasn't confirmed it, the market is acting like it's rock solid. And they're reporting that Intel is going to spin off or not spin off. They're, they're going to IPO Mobileye for uh, this. Is, again, this is the Israeli um, uh, self-driving uh, car camera sensor company. Uh, they paid $15 billion for it in 2017. Uh, they're going to IPO it at a potential valuation of $50 billion from 15 to 50 in That's nice trade. Yeah, way to go, Intel. That, yeah, so, uh, and remember, this is all part of the new CEO's plan. You know, they have a new CEO there. They're they're doing all sorts of things. They're doing some investments. They're, yeah. they're doing this. Um, according uh, to WSJ, uh, Mo- the Mobileye unit uh, had $326 million in revenue in the third quarter. That was up 39% year over year. Uh, and that, uh, you know, overall, the co- Intel as a whole had about 19 billion in revenue. So, you know, relatively small unit of the company in terms of revenue here. But, uh, that's, that's the news here. A potential IPO of one of their subsidiaries, uh, bought it for 15 in 2017, maybe IPO for 50 sometime early next year. Um, that's the headline. It's a huge headline too. And Joel and myself are both still long Intel. Um, the, the reason I bought Intel and obviously, you know, I bought it back in the summer, it was $53. And then we had the big earnings dip and I was like, man, I'm in this boring stock again. But the reason that I bought this stock was, I said it was Mobileye, um, because we were giving crazy valuations to all of these, you know, plays obviously on autonomous driving. I'm like, Mobileye is a huge player here and Intel owns them. And I'm like, what is that worth? That's when we had this conversation. I'm like, there's a huge portion of intel that you know mobileye you know is we're not we're we're discounting giving it nothing and it's worth something and you know and the valuation on intel i mean i think it's trading nine times earnings this is possibly one of the cheapest tech stocks that are out there i mean is intel going to go away is amd and nvidia just going to make every single chip and intel's just gone and ceases to exist or are they going to eventually figure it out and be a player i think intel eventually does figure it out and is a player but they had the Trump card with Mobileye, and now they are playing that card. And I did not see that coming, that a potential spinoff could happen here. But if they potentially spin this off at $50 billion valuation, if this actually happens, and this is still just a rumor from Wall Street Journal, but you know those reporters there, Wall Street Journal, are pretty good reporters, and they've usually got a pretty good inkling to what's going to happen. They break a lot of stuff, especially those three that just broke the story. Um, follow them on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> I, I think... This could be one of those events that the stock could actually run up into. So I see two scenarios at this point in time. One, Intel says, nope, it's not true. We're not spinning it off. And the stock just tanks. I don't think that's a likely scenario, though, because I just believe in the Wall Street Journal's reporting. Um, So I think the more likely scenario is that this actually gets officially announced. And then I think what you could have is a run-up into an event of a mobilized spinoff. And that could, you know help the stock performance too. So I am long Intel. Normally I would be selling into the rep, 
But and if you're a short-term trader, maybe you do, maybe you don't want to wait, maybe you don't want the possibility that this isn't true. And 56 is a huge resistance point. Yeah, That's we'll probably, talk about the technical. Probably going to be your resistance point here today. I'll let you all do the technicals because he does them better than anyone. Uh, but for my thought process, I'm going to stick with it for the simple reason is that I think that this could officially get announced. I think you could eventually see a run-up into that event. And the bloody stock is just cheap. Yeah, and uh, I know we we have Sean Udall on, and I know that he has some fans and he has some anti-fans. But, I mean, on Friday's pre-market prep plus show, he was pounding the table on Intel, and he called it the ultimate safe haven play with a potential return of 75 to 100%. He believes the market cap of the company is half what the company is actually worth based on its current business, and he compared it to AMD which has lower sales but a higher market cap. He's long-term bullish. He thinks the chip fabrication business will be $200 billion, and right now it's basically being assigned a very, very little valuation. Now you throw the mobile eye in there. This is in my long-term portfolio. I'm long higher. I'm not buying more today. I'm certainly not selling I don't know if I'm ever going to get this back in 51, 52. I mean, because doesn't Intel always seem to come out with some bad news? It seems it like. Does. It does. So yeah. I'm going to wait for one of those bad news days. To buy more. Um, yeah. Uh, short term, if you're waiting for this gap fill here, you were buying it the whole time. You're opening right into the teeth of the gap. So from a technical perspective, at 54.83, you're you're refilling the gap. It did hit 56 in the pre-market. I think that is a little much. I think 55 to 56 could be littered with sellers. You're already trading 54.88, uh, but love to see a pullback uh, on this move. And you know he you know he started talking about Qualcomm at 70 and it went to 60, and then he talked about it at 60 and it went to 50. Yeah, and you know, and now then it we, went to 179. Yeah, so but uh, Sean's off and early. He is a contrarian at heart. Sean, you know, we're talking about. He will buy when there's blood in the streets. That's when he's buying. He will be the first one to try to catch the falling knife. He won't, you know, because he's fully on valuation. His time horizon is sometimes years. So um, he'll wait around until his thesis plays out, and he's usually pretty good at it. And you'll doubt Sean a lot of times, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, that's starting to work. And you look back at Qualcomm, and and thank you, Sean, if you're listening, because I bought Qualcomm because of you back when it was sixty dollars. You came on our show and said, I think this is one of the cheapest you know tech plays out here, and I think it's being forgotten. And eventually, it's going to be a hundred dollar stock. Well, it's now $175 stock. I still own it. So that is thanks to Sean. We get a lot of smart people coming on this show. And I I, I definitely use their brains to try to free ride off of their knowledge. <laughs> so, you know, Michael Packer is another one that comes on the show. And sometimes they don't work out like in the Zynga. Yeah, case, but, of course. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, hey, it's just a big go, move today. Yes, you know sir. You know what's interesting? On the Intel Daily, can you scroll to the left here on the top right chart? Uh, we're actually right squarely in the middle of that gap up uh, from last January, from basically a year ago, right? January of, of, of 2021, right? And that gap up from January of this year, that was when they announced Pat Gelsinger as the new CEO. Yeah. Right. So, and, and, and we gapped up on that day from 52 to fit to, to wow. As high as right. Yeah. And, and now we're right. And you know we've come off since then, obviously, but now we're right in the middle of that gap, which which I find interesting. He's been on the job for eleven months, 
and he had to know that. I mean, he had when he took the job. Uh, you know, he had to know. You know the you know the potential value of this. But what we're going to do is we're going to get Colby Howard. Let's, let's get him back on. Colby, uh, we had him on as a guest, and his company analyzes CEO transitions. And he was on the show that day when this was announced, right? Yes, And uh, we haven't had him back on, but uh, just everything that's happened, it's been almost a year. It'd be, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to ping him, see if we can get him on. But uh, all right, 828, S&Ps are not giving up anything. Pre-market high, 56.75, trading at 46.52. So not giving anything back yet. You know what I would be selling today if you want to talk the overall market? I would be selling Selling those staples, those utilities that are up again this morning. These are, we're going to go into a rising interest rate environment and you're buying stuff on yield. Come on, people. Utilities are to be sold into this rally, sell the strength. So, you know, if we're looking at stuff that, you know, has moved here, and obviously yesterday we're looking, you know, because the market's moving the opposite. In this case here, I think the utility run that we just saw yesterday, it was a ridiculous spike. I think, you know, we're up a little bit again here. XLU, huge resistance up at 70. Um, I don't own hardly any utility stocks. I would not want to own them in a rising interest rate. I, I just want to clarify, like there's, a, and, and you already did, kind of did say this, but I want to emphasize it. You are, you basically, you've changed your mind in the short term here. The super, yeah, yeah. The super uber short term. Yeah. You're, you're, you're buying growth. You're selling value. But but, but I'm not. I already did that. So well, kind right. of like okay. it was a day trade more yesterday. But I, it was a wicked rally. I mean, some of these stocks are up 15% a day. Yeah. So it's like, how do you not? What are you? What's your saying, Joel? Don't never look a gift horse in the mouse or something. Yep, that's it. I mean, I, I don't know. How I butchered that one. I don't know where. Where does that come from? That's such a weird saying. Horse person would know. Joel would definitely know. Where, where's that saying like come from? Your dad was that one of your dads? <laughs> no you horses. Your dad like no. no I didn't say he made is, it up. But is. did he use it? I don't know. I I mean that <laughs> that goes. That goes back a lot longer than my dad. I'm, a, I, I think so. It was a wicked know. rally. A lot of these names. I think I'm actually selling into the strength now on uh, some of the growth names. But I'm more just looking at this market and saying, what a ridiculous run we've had, you know, in Procter and Gamble, you know, to buy this stock up to these levels. This is like ring the register opportunity here. Money hiding in all of these names because, oh, we got so many problems. Coca-Cola was down at the lows three days ago. Gets it all back in two days. Uh, Pepsi's. Pepsi's actually looks a little bit more. It looks a little bit more interesting. Pepsi's more of a reopening stock, too, just because all the bars and, and obviously they sell a lot there. Um, so I'm not, I'm not so much inclined to sell the Pepsi. But some of these names just way overbought and from the safety perspective in the short term. So I, I don't think I, you know, an XLP. You know, here we were 70 or 73, right? 5% in three days on protection. I think you're selling those names. Um, and I think on depths now, not reps, you're looking at maybe some of these growth names. Would PayPal, does that get more interesting here? Yeah, I think if you stop yourself at the low, it is interesting. So somebody asked about PayPal in the chat. 79, 79, 79, 79. Four days in a row. Look at that setup, Joel. For so, which one? PayPal, PYPL. I mean, you got four days in a row, lows 179, all in the same area, and they didn't breach. So now you have a tradable bottom. What do you want to risk? I mean, 184 was a lot more attractive at the close. Now it's 188 this morning. I think I'd probably wait for a little pullback, but it, it's a stock that's so oversold. You know, it, yeah, it is, attra- it is somewhat attractive here. 
I, I again, I don't know what I'm adding to the. I haven't added really anything to the longer term portfolio right now because I'm still nervous about a rising interest rate environment. But on the short term here, it does appear we had a short term bottom yesterday morning in a lot of these growth names. I think you're nibbling on pullbacks into some of these names. Uh, if this gets above 190, the PayPal here, I think you're going to run into buying this on strength instead of weakness. You traded close to that level, so that that might have been a short term. That might be a short term target for all these super bottom fishers. But it gets above 190, it looks like uh, you're going to have a pretty might end up buying that one on strength instead of weakness. According to Google, that idiom goes back to 1546 when John Haywood used the phrase. Uh, Somebody uh, saying that uh, what you like people give used to give horses back then as gifts, and so when someone gives oh. you a horse, it's a gift. You don't you don't look it in the mouth. And then someone else is saying take you can gift. tell a horse by an age by just looking at his teeth. So just take the gift. That's take what it gift, means, man. But but I'm, I'm also wondering like how much are you are you looking because what I would have expected from Dennis this morning is is. Uh, just w- w- with regards to today's action, you know, is is fading yesterday, right? There, I, I I would feel like we always talk about, you know, if it, you know, fading the move, you know, buying the dip, selling the rip. Well, we 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 had a rip to sell, maybe, I, may, maybe today, yeah. Like Nvidia, so so like, so some cases. Look choppy. at Nvidia, it's just so choppy, you know. It, it's just good, good for trading. Look at Nvidia, two eighty RM, great buy yesterday in the chat. He bought it yesterday, two eighty it hits. It's 311. I mean, all of a sudden, it's a 50% retracement in, a, in an environment where they're taking name, you know, off of the higher valuation names. And NVIDIA is a higher valuation name. It's one of the best in breed. Uh, but, I mean, are you coming and buying a 311 now? That's a 10% rally in a day. I mean, no, I'm probably selling it. So yeah. 320 looks like resistance to me. So the Affirm that I liked yesterday at 104 went down to 96. Now 116, 120, you're probably all of a sudden, boom, it's like too much too fast. So like so for example, amount, it depends what your targets are. You know, I mean, if you know, if you had a it, it depends on your time frame, it depends on your time targets. Frame. I mean, yeah. if you have a target, if this is the way you modeled your trading and this is your target, you know, then and it's let's say it's above your target. Let's say you really want to sell um Intel at 54. Well, then put a 54 stop in, you know. And don't say, oh, I'm improving it by a buck by selling it at 54, you know, because I'll tell you, one thing we've learned in this show over the years, I mean, sometimes these gap and goes can go for a long time. Yeah. Did everybody yep. just forget about all of a sudden or was this just a dead cat? Yeah, that's that's what I'm asking. <laughs> I, I think it was. I think it's Spencer. I, I side with you. I think it was a dead cat bounce. All right. A hard dead cat like, bounce. Like, and like, what do you do on dead cat bounces? You sell. Like real so, fast, real fast, just before I guess, just pull up MDB, Joel, MongoDB. Because they had earnings last night, and everything they said was awesome. Every number they said last night came in above the estimates, whether it was earnings or it was guidance. It, it was all great. And yesterday we were at four seventeen. Today we're up a hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. You, That's uh, a I, I think you're ringing the register. You, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is not investment advice. But we don't ever give investment back. or trading advice. Let, you're you getting all this back. Hold out for 540 on this one, folks. That's what I think you should do, right? Oh, it's at 520. If you got 540, I know 542.70 was what your five day high. Keep it on this one. I'd really keep an eye on that that pre market high. Let's say it takes out, you know, five and a quarter. 
keeps on going, goes to 530, 535, look for 5, 540 would be. And I, and I talked to this one. I, I, I was wrong on this one because I talked about because it was getting killed. I was thinking if you saw 480 because there was a double top there. But, you know, the, the bulls just come. Wow, look at that bar just straight up. And on 46,000 shares, what does this thing trade on a daily basis? Holy mackerel. What a bailout. up. It's kind of like Snowflake. I don't think it's going to crater because it's not like it just reported and it's still trying to find itself. It's still holding up since the after hours session. So it could hold up for a bit. I'm not buying something that's up $90 in an environment (laughs) where they're selling growth. So, yeah. So, no thanks. I'd have 100. No, I'm not going to say this. All right. Uh, It is a great day to bring on our our next guest here. Uh, Matt Tuttle, the CEO and the CIO of Tuttle Tactical Management. Matt, uh, Matt's got tactical ETFs. Uh, on the on the long on the bull side and on the bear side, uh, and we're having this discussion right now, so it's a great day to have him on. Let's bring Matt on the show. Matt Toto, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. It's been it's been too long since we've had, we've had you on other Benzinga shows, but it's been too long since we, we've had you on this show. Um, I guess, like, let's start with this question: uh, Where do you stand overall market in the context of yesterday? We had this like pretty epic bounce and and this morning as well i i mentioned you've got etfs that like you, you know, that give you exposure to super high growth stuff and etfs that do the opposite of that so wh- where do you stand right now in the context of the last couple of days say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, so, you know, yesterday looked and smelled a lot like a bottom, but at the end of the day, nothing's really changed. I mean, we sort of knew the weekend after Thanksgiving that Omicron was not going to be a game changer. And since then, you know, to me, it's really all been about the Fed and tapering. And, you know, nothing. I mean, I haven't heard him come out yesterday or today and saying, hey, we changed our mind. (laughs) So, you know, until that happens, we've got to expect, you know, the Fed's going to be pulling the punch bowl away. We've got to expect interest rates are going to rise. And the Fed has said what everybody already knows. Inflation's not transitory. So, you know, the, the playbook stays the same, you know, be careful of the unprofitable high multiple stuff. And, you know, to me, focus on, on what's working. So, you know, we've been looking at, you know, home builders, we've been looking at, um, you know, REITs, um, and we've been doing a lot in, in pre-merger SPACs. 
I mean, I, I think I agree with you completely. I think you summarized it just perfectly because we all get caught up and it was such a nice bounce yesterday. I even got caught up in it too, partially because I caught some of the bounce. But I mean, you look at it and you, you set it perfectly is that what has really changed? I mean, is the Fed going to all of a sudden bring the punch bowl back because we rallied yesterday? Hell no, it would be the opposite. So you think about that. If the punch bowl is still going away, we're still in the same issues where do I want to own all these high growth names where their future earnings are going to be worth less if interest rates and inflation still obviously are an issue here. So I think I think you're right here. I think, um, you know, maybe you're using some of that this opportunities to lighten up those names as opposed to buying on this, you know, 10 percent rally that we just had in ARKK. Yeah, I mean, you know, we lightened up on some stuff yesterday. We have some plans to lighten up on some stuff today. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see how things go. I mean, this looks like a you know a continuation that's that's likely to stick. But you know, again, for the rest of the month, you know, n- n- nothing's changed in the narrative that that we've seen. Matt, can we just talk about SARK for a second? Because you come out with a fund that fades one of the most prominent uh, investing you know, hedge fund figures here in the last five years, Kathy Wood. Um, do you take heat for something like that? Like do people like, when you come up with a short fund to short somebody like Kathy Wood, that's in the media continuously there. Um, what's it like, you know, first, you know, to get to the process to actually launch a fund like that? And second, what's it like just to continue to run that fund? Yeah. So, yeah, certainly had some interesting commentary on Twitter. Um, oh, really? Huh. Yeah. You know, th- I'm things so I, surprised. Yeah. I, I mean, things I can't really repeat. Um, yeah. Uh, things that I, I mean, I don't think are necessarily true, but, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And, and that's fine. I knew that going in. Um, what, what's been cool is, I mean, because the fund has done so well, I've also gotten a lot of thank yous, you know, Hey, you saved our portfolio. You're the only thing in my portfolio that's been going up. This is great. <laughs> so, you know, it's been, you know, fun from that standpoint, you know, real difficult to get something like this launch. No one's ever done any ETF like this before. So whenever you do something that, you know, I think, um, People were calling novel. Uh, that creates some challenges. It took us a little bit longer than typical ETFs take, but it didn't take us as long as the Bitcoin stuff. So I, you know, I'm not complaining. How is it structured? So it's just SARK. What is the structure to give that performance to obviously be the opposite of ARKK? Yeah, it's it's real simple. We're using total return swaps. Okay. They give us the exact inverse of ARKK. So in effect, it looks and smells like we're short ARKK, but we're getting that exposure through swaps. Is it cheaper to do it that way than to actually go out and borrow the stock? Because obviously, you know, when you borrow stocks, you get locate issues, you've got expenses with borrowing costs. Uh, why do it the swap way? Yeah. So, well, I mean, from our standpoint, it's way easier and it's cheaper okay. than if we were to go out and short it. For the individual investor, you know, that depends, you know, different brokerage firms, I think, charge different rates, you know, they can change. But, you know, I I mean, I've always historically bought inverse ETFs as hedges, and I've always preferred it to shorting. It's just it's just way easier. It's 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 a nice, neat little package. 
Matt, I'm just curious what you've seen in terms of like flows across your your funds because you've got, as I said, you've got funds that offer exposure to the sexy stuff and funds that do the exact opposite of that. So you, you know, you've got the the SPAC ETF, the D SPAC ETF, the short D SPAC ETF, to name a few. Um, and you know, the performance obviously uh, varies greatly. I'm just curious what you've seen in terms of flows across the board. And I'm going to pull up a chart here. Of all your yeah, I mean, Sark is has obviously been pretty popular. Yep. Um, you know, SPCX, which you've got pulled up here, you know, that really took off in popularity at the beginning of the year, but it it took off for all the wrong reasons. You know, people were looking at pre-merger spacs like they'd be looking at meme stocks, and I remember at one point, February fifteenth, which was the top of the spac market, we're up like a ridiculous amount, like what I would expect to be up over a two year period. And we're up in a month and a half. And, you know, so obviously people looked at it like they were looking at AMC and GameStop, you know, now it's kind of settled in and people realize, look, pre-merger SPACs are a bond alternative that do in your portfolio, what bonds are supposed to do, but aren't going to be able to do as the feds raising interest rates. Or they're an alternative to like a merger arbitrage type of strategy. So, you know, that settled in and, and, you know, and, and we haven't seen flows in, but we haven't seen flows out. We've certainly seen flows into SOGU. You know, SOGU's our inverse DSPAC fund, which has actually, and I, I don't know what it is up through yesterday, but for the month was actually doing better than SARC because, you know, when you're looking at some of these DSPACs, that's, you know, that, that's the crappiest of the crap. So, you know, you could say all you want about what's in RK. You know, they probably don't own anything that's going to go to zero. I can't promise you there's not things in Sogu that don't go to zero. So, you know, that, that's, that can be a real high octane mover. And we've seen a lot of flows into there. Um, you know, we've got high hopes for, for FOMO, which is kind of our you know, retail sentiment strategy and, and fat tea, which is kind of our positive tail risk strategy as well. But we haven't seen the flows there yet. Some of these are great ticker symbols, by the way. <laughs> the FOMO one, I don't know how you got that one. That's great as well. Um, go go back to the SOGU. So that's interesting. So short D-SPACs, I mean, tell, tell us, you know, obviously, you know, the D-SPAC is when it's obviously no longer a SPAC. So do you just short like the day they are no longer a SPAC? Is that what it is? So what it is, it's an index called the DSPAC index. It's okay. up on Bloomberg, D-E-S-P-A-C-T-R, index go. Um, and it is, it rebalances monthly. It's 25 of the, of the largest, not the largest, of the largest companies that have come public through a SPAC merger with a 12-month look back. So we want it to be fresh, you know, so we're not going to have like DraftKings or anything like that in there. And then we've got two ETFs, DSPC, which goes long, and SOGU, which goes short. The beauty of SOGU is a hedge. And, and why I also like SARC as a hedge is those are two hedges that the market could be going up, but they could still be making money. Because, you know, in SOGU, you're shorting, I mean, basically a, a lot of crap. And, you know, in SARC, you're shorting high multiple unprofitable companies versus going out and buying like SH or the SQs when you're shorting FANG. And I mean, nobody ever got rich shorting FANG. So, you know, that, that's what SOGU is all about. And 
what's kind of cool about having DSPC and SOGU is I can tell you every single month, one of those funds is going to be among the top five top performing non-levered ETFs for the month. Unfortunately, I can't tell you which it's going to be. Well, that, that, that's the beauty of what you've done here is you've sort of captured like both sides of the sexy spectrum, right? You, you, like I, either way, you, you, you're pretty much likely to have one of your funds either on top of the, the performance leaderboard and, and maybe that even translates into flows because you're basically guaranteed to have either either these, these type of high growth names are hot and uh you know the spcx and dspc are doing great or the opposite and sogu and sark are doing great it's sort of one or the other um it's amazing how it works out that way i'm 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 a genius funny funny how that works out funny how that works out i'm curious matt like you have conversations all the time i'm sure with 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 you know investors advisors people who are trying to figure out how to use these these funds um how how do you have you observed people using them are they are they mostly like as as like a hedging instrument or like a short-term hedge someone who's like you know long to the teeth in in like four arc funds will add will buy us from sark just to put on a, a short-term hedger i'm curious like how how do people really use these and in, in, from what you've seen yeah, so I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and heard from a lot of people on Sark, and there's a lot of different stuff. You know, one, one thing someone told me, and I'm not an options guy, so don't hold me to this, but I've heard from some, some ARC bulls who buy calls who think it may be better to buy puts on Sark. So, you know, again, you know, because uh, Sark's a, a lower stock price. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I haven't looked at it. But that's one interesting thing I've heard. I've heard people saying, you know, hey, we're buying Qs or we're buying a basket of profitable tech and buying Sark to hedge it. Um, You know, I've had people say, you know, hey, we we just day trade it. We buy it at 930. We sell it at four. I've had people say, you know, hey, look, this is this is something I can hold longer term because, you know, you can't hold like, you know, SQs or or SH long term because, again, you're shorting Fang. But, you know, imagine you bought Sark if it existed January 1st and hedged your, I mean, you could have held it all year and, and not only would you be fine, you'd be in great shape. And, you know, and also people who understand the, the playbook and are nervous about unprofitable tech going into next year. So they're not even using it as a hedge. They're using it as, Hey, we can make money on this. You know, regard, you know, who knows what the market's going to do, but we don't think unprofitable tech's going to do well. So we're making a bet against that. We're not hedging anything. So all sorts of different ways I'm hearing people using this. What's next on your list, Matt? What, what ETF are you coming out with next? So we've got a lot of ideas we're kicking around um, and, and we are open to suggestions. I mean, I look and see, I mean, people tweet things to me. And, you know, I hear some real interesting ideas. If it's something that, you know, we think there'd be a demand for, a use case for, and it's doable, then we'll do it. We, you know, and so expect to see some stuff, you know, within the next couple of weeks that we file for. I mean, one of the things that I keep getting hit on on Twitter is do a short Kramer ETF, 
which I'd love to do if I can figure out a way to do it that doesn't involve me having to watch Mad Money every night. <laughs> I'll watch Mad Money every night and I'll send you what his picks That's good. <laughs> that, that, that's a good idea on paper, but logistically, I'm not quite sure how you would I mean that. that. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, yeah. sometimes people send me ideas, like, you know, short NFTs. All right, great, but how do I do that? I, I do have one for you. All right. Uh, the, the inverse inverse Renaissance IPO. Oh, that's boring, Spencer. What? Come on. I got one for you, Matt. Uh-oh, Joel. I got one for you. And you got to we, – we might have to make a deal um, <laughs> off the air. If you that. take this, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> okay? With, with COVID and everything and the vaccine, how about the vaccine stocks? And the symbol could be shot. S H O T. I like the ticker symbol. Do you like that? And you could put I like Pfizer the symbol, it's and Moderna, <laughs> and you could put all these stocks in There's only here. There's like four of them, Joel. There's not enough stocks. There's like five of them. Oh, uh, what? Oh, come on. Merck? Uh, whatever. Right, oh, yeah, There's only five stocks hell. in the S&P that, that people carry about. But, Matt, <laughs> I have to ask you this, the same stupid question that I asked you last time you were on. Okay? Do you all remember? Right, when was that, Spencer? Like 2016, 2007? Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you have any relatives in Monroe, Michigan? I have no relatives in Monroe, Michigan. My, my I, I do. I used to play basketball against John Tuttle. Okay. No, he used to no foul. Really. He was a big guy. He, he used to sit foul. in the middle. Oh, oh, my gosh. Three, I mean, if they had a three-second violation in pickup basketball, I mean, that guy wouldn't have played it. And, and I'm the exact opposite. I'm a streaky three-point shooter. Okay. I don't know. That wasn't you then. Matt, my, my last point here is not about a specific fund, but uh, next time you, you launch, before you launch a fund, can you crowdsource the, the ticker? I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of stuff's been taken, but we have some really interesting tickers reserved. Oh. We've got, you know, dump. We've got dumb. We've got narc. Oh. So, I mean, how do you I'm reserve the tickers? What to do with those? What's how that? do you reserve the tickers? Stop! How do you do that? You go to the exchange, and they give it to you for a certain amount of time. So, like FOMO, for example, we got on a waiting list. Someone had reserved it. They didn't use it. It came up, and we grabbed it. Do you have to pay to be on that waiting list? No. Oh my gosh! We could have had DVD. We gotta, we gotta get on this today. We gotta get on. I this. did not know this information. That's reserves yeah. and tickers. Yeah, this yeah. I mean, give, give me some ticker ideas. Me and me and Joel just go on to probably buy a hundred tickers right now. <laughs> we love the price free. All right, Matt Tuttle is the CEO. This is of Tuttle <laughs> Tactical Management. Model. He's got you know I, I mentioned all the. Spacks, you've got it. Had them up on the screen there. There are a few, uh, few of them. Uh, Matt, a pleasure as always. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch and uh, congrats on the success you've had uh, with all these ETFs. Great, thanks, guys. All right, thanks, Matt. All right, uh, it's 8 53. We can do some ticker time if you have tickers, <laughs> drop them in the chat. Uh, I'm now distracted by the idea that uh, we should spend the day reserving some tickers uh, for um some things, some potential IPOs down the road or something like Dave's that. Dave's grabbing poop right now. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I, 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 I still <laughs> corrected. Uh, it's there. Uh, Where'd you get that correct. one from? Spencer and Natalie? No, James, it's in the chat. James oh, oh, James, poop. is it? Eight, and I, and I, I said it was total tactical. It's total capital management. My apologies, Matt. Uh, okay, so we got some tickers. Ooh, you know what happened last time you did that? No, no, no comment. Uh, tickers <laughs> in the chat here. Let's find one that is super interesting. 
Um, Hmm. You you want to do? I'm gonna pull up a chart. Let's see how this chart looks. Do you uh, you want to do? We can do Twitter. We can do, we can do Twitter. We can do Twitter. I mean, oh, it, I haven't it, looked at Twitter in a long time. Yeah, we, we can do Twitter. Oversold dice bounce, <laughs> just like every other oversold tech date yesterday. Um, didn't bounce as much as some of the other stuff. So it's up another dollar though. Uh, you know, you get this 43, you trade yourself out of 41. Again, look at your risk first. So your out is 4101. That's your out on all of these names. It's going to be the lows from the last couple of days. It depends which day it made the low. Um, so I, I think if it backed up to 43, maybe I'd take a shot. At 45, 55, I'm, I'm risking 10%. It's too much. Uh, 40, I, I, you know, like with these stock, when I have a stock in my portfolio and then I sell it, I like. I never like to think about it again. But uh, did you sell it, Twitter? Yeah, yeah I sold oh, it at, yeah. at like fifty six. Yeah, oh, I geez. dumped it. I couldn't take Joel, it. It's just a oh, I just wanted to sell it after earnings. Uh, target today for you short term traders. For me, that would be forty six fifty. That's your four day high. Looks like uh, sellers lining up at forty six as we speak. I wouldn't buy. I, if I got a chance to buy it unchanged on the day, or maybe fifteen twenty cents away. Risk alone, though. Not so special. Oh, all of these parts look the same. What about X? What about U.S. Steel here? They haven't talked about U.S. Steel. That chart. Yeah, though? yeah. I, I, I sleepy. Think, I think, I think some of this stuff. Um, I, I may react actually X or CLF one of them to my long-term portfolio. Again, I'd sold them in the last pop, and I don't have either in there right now. I do have some Canadian steel uh, makers there, so that's a different story. Um. I, I I don't know. I think I, I think yeah. X or CLF. I like them both. Oh. Yeah, you, monthly. But, support, but it's long term. Yeah. Just that they're they're fairly cheap. The PEs are low, and I think we're still in an inflationary environment. So I kind of want that exposure in my long term portfolio. So yes, I like them. Trading range stock near the lower end of the range. Uh, sure. Khaled dropped us a fiver to look at Futu F U T U Chinese brokerage capital markets name so you know this chart they, they, they look the same right it's got a nice bounce yeah, a nice two-day bounce yeah yeah your stop out never never want to make an own a stock making a new low the problem is the stop outs way at 35 49 drop rally 10 bucks 20 percent last two days i mean this is <clears throat> this is the time to take the money and run if you if you bought it in the last two days really i mean could it go to 50 it could but it's mm. hard to just buy these 20% snapback rallies because is there yeah. follow-through? That's the wow. biggest question for all of this stuff. Is there more follow-through after the open? <clears throat> We're seeing follow-through in the pre-market. Is there more follow-through that people have to get into the growth names? There could be in some of the names, but some of them have just bounced 20% a day. It's a big move. Uh, next target be 48.20. That's your four-day high, your December high. I just... Kind of pre-market action looks like they've already factored this in at forty-five and a half is big resistance. Uh, just keep an eye on the forty-three ten close. Maybe move a stop up to that area. Let it come and get you on the downside. A lot of red monthly candles there. What do you need to turn this into a green candle for the month? Uh, you need uh, to get above uh, the close for the month forty-seven forty-nine. So that would start to work on a green candle for a month. Still a red candle. How about Amazon here? Because Amazon doesn't quite fit the bill. No, as, doesn't. As, doesn't fit they need bill. to split that stock. 
I mean, I, I own Amazon, the long-term account. I'm not selling it. You know, it's trading two or three times sales. I mean, or two times sales. I mean, wow. you can look at it a P and say, oh, the P is 52, but we always know Amazon, if they stop growing, can make more money immediately. The stock is not expensive. Wow. Look at that. It went, now this one gave you a look at the previous, uh, came within nine cents of the previous day's low yesterday. Uh, broke a four-day losing streak. Let's see here. Trade in. Have to look at all the numbers here. Uh, let's see what happens at 349270. If in fact you get there, 3500 psychological. I don't know. Don't have a great feel. 30,000 shares of trade in. All right. Uh, I, I, sh- I think I'm going to change the title of today's show to uh, Welcome to the Exuberant Zone because that's where we are now. Uh, Joel, to wrap Is it that, up. Did he know- say that? Did Tom Cruise say that in Top Gun? I don't remember him saying that. Yeah, he it, he said, "Welcome to the first verse is danger zone. The, yeah. second, the second verse is actually the exuberant zone." Oh, um, Joel, uh, we haven't done dad joke of the day for a while. Do do you have a dad joke of the day for us? Uh, well, the the one yesterday was dads love bragging about how early they got up this morning, even though no one asked. Yeah, for sure. I'm I do that. that one. That was yesterday. And today, saying dads love love asking if your friends dropped off a cliff, would you? Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're in. Oh, is that a parachute? All right. Uh, we're fading a little bit here uh, as we come up Very at little. 9 o'clock. Very little. Ah, man, that, I'd say that pre-market high, I, I, I'd throw an order out there, you know, maybe at 56. Yeah. If I was long, which I'm not, I couldn't get – they never, uh, never let you in on the downside when the market's going up. So be out there. The really good number, though, for today, the excellent number, the five-star number, uh, it's your seven-day high at 69.75. So we'll see if we get up there. Uh, Spencer, I will uh, check in with you later. Triple D. All uh, right. We'll check in with you. Hey, At- Triple D, I'll give you a call uh, after 10. Well, All right. Good. All right. As a reminder, everyone, the link to the final pre-market prep special of the year, which is this Saturday, is in the description and pinned to the chat. Also in the description is the link to the next event, the next Benzinga event, which is tomorrow, tomorrow and Thursday, all day, starting from the time this show ends until around the until market close, basically. You can go to bzsmallcap.com uh, to learn more. Here's a quick preview. Uh, of, of what to expect. Um, and after the video ends, the, sh- the stream will end. We'll redirect you guys to live trading with Benzinga905. So hit that like button, please, and thank you. And uh, here's a list of the companies that will be at the last Benzinga Small Cap Conference of the year starting tomorrow. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge. 
boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.